0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Haunted Sea with host Scott Mardis.
2: And hello, everybody. This is Julie Wrench in the studio here for another exciting episode of the Haunted Sea. I do have with me, of course, the one, the only Scott Mardis. Scott, how are you doing?
1: Hello, Julie. Welcome to the it's show again. Yes, thank you. Well, our guests are Wisconsin Paranormal Investigators Kevin and Jennifer Malick. Hello, Kevin and Jennifer. Hello,
2: hello everyone. You're
1: thank you Great. for having us come on. Sure, I've Go been ahead. on your show enough times. It's about time you came on mine. So, yes, Kevin, and we you... to this. I'll let you explain to people your uh, your and Jennifer's credentials, if you don't mind.
2: Sure. Um, first of all we're the hosts of Paraversal Universe.
1: Uh,
2: heard on WBHM, W C E T, The Rift and High Point Radio. That's a show about the unknown and unexplained. Uh, we run the Northwoods Paranormal Resource Center here in Rhylander, Wisconsin. We're paranormal historians. Uh myself a ufologist and Jennifer a demonologist, uh, but we're totally submersed in the unknown and unexplained on uh, many facets. We cover eight categories of the unknown. Uh, One of those is cryptid and monsters, and of course that includes lake monsters. And being in Wisconsin, uh, we have a rich history of lake monsters, being that there's so many lakes in Wisconsin. and uh, so that's our that's our perspective angle concerning this. And of course, um, I should also mention that uh, about five years ago, the same time that uh, the Zombie Plesiosaur Society and Anomalous Universe was formed, also Lake Monstrosities was. I think we all started our groups during that same month. Uh, but for us what it was is there was we had a meeting well we meet every week in the society and it was brought up that there were no lake monster groups on Facebook and uh, like I said this being five years ago and uh, we have four uh, members of the society who are also fishing guides professionally uh, which is rare in itself I think for for (laughs) paranormal societies but for us in the Northwoods, it, it's, you know, it is what it is. So uh, we thought, you know, between uh, the, ex- the collective ex- experience between being on the water, but also with the unknown and unexplained, that we could do a lake monster page and, and uh, you know, do it respectably well. So we started really? Lake Monstrosity, and right after we started that, that's actually how we met you, um mm-hmm. because uh, you know, people get turned on to each other's stuff and we're like, Wow, you know, this is great. The zombie pleasures social society, we love this. You're well, I'm also you're, an administrator
1: uh, in your group too.
2: Yes, you are. Uh and exactly. When we uh after we met you, you were so overqualified. <laughs> we were like well, thank you. would you please? You're welcome. I mean, um mm-hmm. yeah. So uh we have a handful of administrators now, um, all of which are uh, have you know stakes in the in the world of lake monsters and uh, just mysteries of the sea. Our thing is aquatic mysteries and wonders of all kinds. So uh, fortunately, the group is is done pretty well, and we've met a lot of people. I can say uh, before. Lake Monstrosities, uh, Lake Monsters, I I didn't excel in that. You know, it was actually a weaker point of mine. Since Lake Monstrosities, five years later, it's actually, I've learned so much that I feel it's a stronger suit, you know, opposed to. Well,
1: it's It's what it is. It's like, you know, you get with other people that Mm -hmm. know something that you don't know. And then you pass something on to them that they don't know, and it's it's networking. You know, it's sharing of knowledge. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're fortunate that we, uh, you know, to date, it's the,
2: I think it's the largest Facebook group out there for aquatic mysteries and wonders. And I think that's in part because awesome. we cover so many topics, uh, yeah. you know, uh, those ships and USOs. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, there's. Um, atlantis and and uh, the list is a long one yep but uh and uh so yeah, and like I said, we have other administrators on there right now there's something i'd like to plug quick if we get a chance absolutely um, Go ahead. That is mm-hmm. we have uh one of our administrators, Lawrence D. Misa, who is an exceptional mm-hmm. artist
1: friend of mine uh, too.
2: Yes. His son, Daniel, suffers from Dravet syndrome and has seizures on a regular basis. Now, we, to go back, we, we didn't have a logo for Lake Monstrosities. And one day, Lawrence sent me a picture that his son had painted, the same Daniel, who was seven, I believe, seven or eight. Um, he had painted this picture with watercolors of lake monsters, different kinds. And uh, it was such an amazing picture. Uh, And I should also mention Jeff Stenz, who's the uh, co-founder of Lake Monstrosities. He is one of the members of our uh, team as well. Fishing guy, too. Big-time fishing guy. They call him the crappie king. Um, He's one of these grandmaster anglers that's uh, internationally recognized. We're very fortunate that he's on the team. Um, so we were all talking, Jeff was like, wow, like, you know, can we use this? You know, this is amazing. And Lawrence and, and Daniel, were like, absolutely. So we use their picture for our logo for, like, monstrosities. And the idea came up, why don't we, you know, because Lawrence has done so much uh, for a Paraversal Universe. He's the, the, the graphic art director for Paraversal Universe. Well, he's Universe, done some art
1: projects helping me, too.
2: Right, yeah. He does great work. Um, Oh, absolutely. one of the premier cryptid artists. And, uh, you know, we thought, why don't we take that picture and put it on T-shirts? We could sell the T-shirts, Lake Monstrosities. Yes, it would promote the group, but we could also give half the proceeds back to Lawrence and his family to offset the medical costs and all the... The stress, it, well, you can never offset all of that, but, you know, do yeah. what we can. In other words, we thought it would be a great way to give back for what the Demises have done for us and for the aquatic uh, cryptid community, for that matter.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, so, right now, if, if you know, if you go to the, the Facebook group page, Lake Monstrosities, um, the pin post is of that T-shirt, and I don't know how long we'll be offering that for, Um but we are, are about to send in an order now to have uh, printed up. So, yep. um, mm-hmm. it, and that, like I said, uh, half the proceeds that are garnered from that go to uh, Lawrence and the family. And then the other mm-hmm. half go back into making more shirts. So, yep. it's, so, it's for uh, a good cause. Yep.
1: It is. Yeah, that's awesome. And thank you
2: for letting me plug that. I appreciate that.
1: I've ordered one. Yes, you have absolutely. So now, um, if you want, we'll get into the uh, lake monster discussion. One thing I would like to add is that as many big lakes as are in the boundaries of Wisconsin, the western boundary with Minnesota is the Minis- Mississippi River, and the eastern boundary of the state of Wisconsin is largely Lake Superior and Lake Michigan, two of the Great Lakes. And there are reports from both places, including the lakes inside the state boundaries in the state itself.
2: Minnesota, if you look at their license plate, it says uh, uh, the land of 10,000 lakes. I think we have, Mm -hmm. uh, technically, I think we have more lakes. Than ten thousand. In fact, I know we do, um, but yeah, for sure. Minnesota, Wisconsin, tons of lakes, thousands of lakes, and uh, and like you said, that you got Lake Superior, and uh, a good place to start. Lake Superior, Presy, right? Yeah. That's the name of
1: their their the Lake Superior uh, monster,
2: Lake monster. You know, um, and I was looking at uh, some of the reports. There was actually a report. That goes way back, where um, uh, a man. It, it would, they likened it to it's. A, it's the only one that has the uh, the only one I come across that uh, the reports in Wisconsin where they they had mentioned it, it could have been an octopus because supposedly this giant tentacle had, had come upon uh, one of the ships in Duluth in in the port. Uh. Now I don't know if that's true or not. None of the other reports are, are of octopi. They're they are your traditional lake monster, for that matter. Mm-hmm. You know, there's two different kinds, right? You have mm-hmm. the, the the more serpentine kind, right, like ogopogo, mm-hmm. uh, and then you got the the Nessie
1: kind or Champ, with the, the long-necked creatures with a large body. Yeah.
2: Right. Now it seems like. Half the lake monsters in Wisconsin ha- are of one kind, and half are the other kind. Generally speaking, except for that one report I just talked about, which was, you know, uh, well, when I, mean, I was I, I, it's so, go ahead.
1: When I was doing research, looking into some of this to prepare for the show, the um, Noah Voss—I'm sure you've heard of him.
2: Absolutely, he uh, has a he's Yeah.
1: My, co-authored the Pepe book about right. the um, Lake Pepin Monster. Right. Anyway, on his website, most of the Lake Monster reports he had lined up there were of your standard normal, you know, type that you're just talking about. However, there were right. a couple that sounded like either a Bigfoot in the water or something along the lines of a mer being one of these you know, creatures from the Black Lagoon-like creatures that people report occasionally. But but the vast majority um, of them sound like they were talking about, you know, standard lake monsters. And there's, I'm sure right. there's a yeah. few giant fish that get mixed up in this, too, you know?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, you yeah, have your, I mean, you've got, you got sturgeon, of course.
1: You've got sturgeon, you've got big muskies and pikes, you've got the paddlefish, which is a really basically a type of sturgeon, what they call a spoonbill. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a freshwater filter feeder, is what it is, which is extremely rare. But uh, and you got big catfish too. So I'm sure that probably a lot of these large fish, at least some of the more marginal monster reports they're responsible for, most likely.
2: Yeah. My cousin, actually, uh, when we were kids, of all lakes, Big Muskie Lake in Springstead, Wisconsin. The lake is named Big Muskie, and for good reason. Mm -hmm. It has record-sized muskie in there. Yeah. Uh, When we were kids, um, my cousin was down by the dock, and she was kicking her feet in the water, and and, uh, she got bit by a muskie. Um, came up yeah, and, and the, bit her on the wow. floor. It was such a big deal. That. Well, that, yeah, yeah, the Chicago Times, um, I'm sorry, the Chicago Tribune had come all the way up from Chicago to report on it. It was a big deal. Well, you know, a girl gets attacked by a muskie in the lake. Perfect story for newspaper.
1: Well, they got um, a set of but, teeth yeah. like a barracuda. They're basically mm-hmm. look like a freshwater barracuda. Yeah, they, and they're, they're almost, they grow basically to the same
2: size. Uh, mm-hmm. In Minocqua, for many years, the bar is no longer there, but there was a bar called Essay. They had a rep of the biggest muskie ever found, which was DNR in Wisconsin, who poked on a duck. I think it was 72 inches, memory serves. Yeah. Uh,
1: was, I've, heard of, um, I've heard of them eating ducks before. There's stories of sturgeons. Big sturgeon's eating birds, too, at the surface.
2: Yeah, and the sturgeons um, get bigger than the, the muskies, for sure. You know, well, uh, like on Lake Tomahawk, around here, they when they go mm-hmm. sturgeon hunting, or sturgeon fishing, I should say, you know, uh-huh. depending on what season and what they're using. Um, I know, like in like Winnebago, they spear them. Uh, yep. But up here, they use uh, inner tubes as bobbers. <laughs> These uh-huh. fish get so big that they'll actually use a human inner uh, inner tube yeah, you like know, a tire in a tube, um, yeah. that you blow up and you you throw out in the water and you can sit in. And, but yeah, it really? is so amazing.
1: Well, and let's, one yeah. difference between the sturgeons in Lake Winnebago and the ones in Lake Champlain, the population in Lake Champlain is endangered. They're protected. The ones in Lake Winneb- Winnebago are thriving, and they're not protected anymore. <clears throat> so that's why people are allowed, legally allowed once a year to go spearfishing them for them. Right. Um, the ones you see at the aquarium at Lake Champlain at the Echo Center are actually from Lake Winnebago because they don't want to take them out of the lake because they're so rarely seen. But these these fish are known to get seven feet at and length, at least possibly, as much as 10 feet. They're just not sure, but but there have been verified ones that were 7 feet long. So big fish,
2: big old yeah, and from way back, you know, yep. uh,
1: dinosaur days.
2: Yeah, I mean that's they're living
1: dinosaurs. I mean, well not yep.
2: technically, but you
0: know.
2: <laughs> but yeah, for sure. And Lake Winnebago is Wisconsin's largest lake. And it's uh, aside from the Great Lakes, it's one of the the bigger lakes in the U.S. Um, well,
1: I was able to find one monster report from Lake Winnebago. I, I've got I've got it brought up here on the computer. I'll be willing to read it if you want me to. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right. I forget what website this is from, but it says the Lake Winnebago water monster. Let's see. That was a giant sturgeon. Okay, let's see. When the Winnebago tribe had its villages on the shores of the lake, they would tell stories of a very large fish, which most people would assume was a sturgeon. In Wisconsin, we've seen some pretty big sturgeon, like the one shown here. But this one was monstrous and had an appetite to match. The legend tells of how the freakish fish would wade along the shoreline, snatching up deer, elk, and even moose, If he stopped at the edge of the water to drink, he would eat them horn, hides, and hoofs and all. None of the Winnebago, which was the tribe, would cross the channel or swim near it for fear of the monster in the lake. Years went by, and then one day some men spotted a dark form floating in the water. It was the monster. They hauled it to shore and found the cause of death to be antlers that had pierced the fish's belly. It seems um, the monsters prey at its revenge in the end. many people believe descendants of the Lake Winnebago monsters still live in the lake, yeah, so it's famous for its sturgeon, but now some of the other yeah. monsters reported from the lakes around Wisconsin are don't sound like sturgeons.
2: a lot of them don't yeah. like I said um it's it's as far as like when we talk about lake monsters. I, and and not referring to, like, mermaids or or any, uh, what we would call, semi-human. But we're talking, like, this, you know, either the, the Loch Ness Monster type or a giant snake type. Yeah. Um. But you're right. You're right. And I think sturgeon, uh, as far as the giant snake type, I could, you know, there's that one classic picture we always see in the Lake Monster group. So that sturgeon that someone... You know, had yep. shot up close, swamped right up to them. Um, perfect example, you know. Well, I, I that can see Where that is, see that's from, that's an
1: ocean-going uh, white sturgeon from the Pacific, and and they swim up rivers occasionally, and that's where the picture right. is from. Probably the Columbia River or the Fraser River, I would imagine. Um, so we let's have... let see. Oh, go ahead.
2: Oh, I was going to say... Uh, Yeah, uh, we have, I was going to, I, we have, I want to say like, there are like 15 different lakes in Wisconsin that have boasted of lake monsters or have lake monsters.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: Of them, I sent, well, I got a list here of 10 of the most prominent ones, I should do a shout out to... Um, Chad Lewis, the paralogian who wrote uh, the book mm-hmm. Lake Monsters of Wisconsin mm-hmm. and also the folklorist Charles Brown who was uh, uh, Chad Lewis was able to, to get a lot of the reports for his book from Charles Brown now,
1: Is this the guy that wrote the folklore paper from 1942 about Wisconsin sea serpents?
2: Yes, I believe it is
1: I think it is. I believe yeah.
2: it's and yeah. uh so you know, um and then of course Chad Lewis co wrote the book with Noah Voss that you had brought up. Lake uh, Pepe yep. The Lake Montreal yep. Mississippi River. And that's yeah. probably a good place uh, to go next. Um of, well, of if people are looking Lake-
1: at the slideshow we have a few photographs that are alleged to be of um Peppy and also uh Precy. And uh, my friend Matt Showalker was kind enough to let me use his illustration of the Lake Superior monster, which is really nice.
0: <clears throat> yeah, um I uh,
2: slide show. So Pepe is probably uh Wisconsin's most famous lake monster. Pepe and, and, and Pressy for sure. But Pepe um They have a Pepe Festival every year Um, In Lake Pepin And and now Okay for anyone listening uh, Pepe Is the name of the lake monster for Lake Pepin Which is part of the Mississippi River 23 miles long There are Actually many similarities between uh, That stretch Or Lake Pepin And uh, Lake Okanagan And Loch Ness Mm -hmm. They're both long, or they're all long, skinny, you know. uh, Yeah. So I I find that interesting. That's, I mean, a a lot of these lakes, I don't know why that is. Not not all of them, but, you know, certainly. They
1: generally share a history of being gouged out by moving glaciers during the ice age. And then all that ice melted. And flooded, and in some places, like Lake Champlain, the sea actually was able to come in. And marine animals came in. And you still have, apparently, bull sharks, which can tolerate fresh water, that swim up the Mississippi River. And I was able to find a few isolated reports. I don't know how reliable they are of them getting into Lake Michigan. And, uh, you know, being a family. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: So, Peppy has they have this festival. Or they've had it in the past. And uh, people come out and they spend the weekend or whatever, you know, celebrating Peppy. Um, like, Chad Lewis will go out there and speak, you know, about it. And they'll have other speakers out there. And then, uh, at the, in the evening... They go on a riverboat, which is haunted, and, and do the, the ghosting during the evening um, mm-hmm. for this, this festival they do. But it, and because of that, I think that's one of the reasons actually why Peppy is, is so well-known. is just because there's so much energy put into it that way. Yeah. And with almost all of these, lake, in fact, all, have, I, with all these lake monster reports, they go back to uh, Native American legends. Yep. I mean these are, are just not just you are not we would call uh urban legends in the sense that they were recently created and, mm. and not real or from real accounts. Um, and
1: well there are there uh, are a couple of photographs allegedly of Peppy. The probably the one I was able to find out the most information about was one from two thousand four. And it's in the slideshow there.
2: Yeah, and there is, uh, there are, mm, I was just looking at a picture before the show. um,
1: There's an alleged photograph of Pressy, too, from 1977. I've also put that in the slideshow.
2: uh, The mysterious... uh, there's a book written about uh, Prussie, the lake monster. It's called The Mysterious North Shore by uh, Keith Barthol and William Mayo. Um, and aside from the octopus report, like I said, I, I don't even know why I brought that up. <laughs> I mean, because it, it's... I, it's, uh, well, I think because know, of the
1: attention it got. There are weird things, you know reports of freshwater cephalopods Uh, back around the turn of the 20th century there's a lake in the middle of New York State one of the Finger Lakes called Lake Onondaga and somebody found a handful of dead squids, little squids in Lake Onondaga and nobody's completely explained that away to this day and uh, The best answer anybody could come up with is that it was discarded fishing bait by somebody that threw it in a river, but or threw it in a lake. But there's no proof of that. Well, so
2: you're right. Like a very small percent
1: of the lake monsters. And then you've got octop- you've heard of the Oklahoma octopus, I'm sure. Absolutely. Well, there you go. That's another yeah. example. But Allegedly, cephalopods are not supposed to be able to tolerate freshwater conditions because of their Osmo regulation. Right. And
2: Lake Superior oh. is cold.
1: But who knows, you know?
2: Right. Um. But anyways, yeah, so lake, so Pepe, and then actually of all the lake monsters, uh, according to Lewis, uh, Lake Michigan gets more reports for monster sightings every year, at least the ones he collects. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Um, well,
1: the photograph in the slideshow of... Alleged to be a pressy. Here's the here's the background information on it. It says a Memorial Day weekend in 1977, a certain Randy Brown snapped a photo of the Lake Superior monster. It looks like a giant serpent swimming in the waters. Brown said that it undulated just like a serpent in the water. However, the snapshot he took shows a blurry object. So. As the slideshow is going through, you'll see my friend's artwork of the um, pressy monster. And in that same montage of images is the photograph from 1977. And it looks like maybe the head of something flush with the water kind of looks maybe sort of like the head of a sperm whale or possibly maybe some kind of a bulky-looking plesiosaurish looking creature.
2: Yeah. Oh, she yeah, and, yeah, she found one. And one then of
1: there's photos. there's one of the um, Peppy photos. I'm trying to dig up the information on it. Let's see here.
2: Um, I don't know if they're going to do a Peppy festival. uh coming up again. Uh I do. We we have yet. We were going to go out the Pepsi Festival a couple of years ago and we had a paranormal conference that same weekend they were doing that. Yeah. And I don't know if they I I I I I don't know about last year if they did one or not. I don't know well, if now they're doing you every year do
1: A northern Wisconsin paranormal festival every year too, right?
2: Well we don't do it.
1: Um
2: this year or the last year we had our first major paranormal conference in the Northwoods. And it wasn't. Okay, it was maybe that's the, what I'm thinking. North, yeah, I mean, we have, there are paranormal conferences up here. Uh-huh. Um, nothing major. Most of them are like expos, psychic fairs, that kind of thing. But then they did have a, last year at uh, in Bowler, Wisconsin, uh, one of the casinos put on um, the Northwoods Paranormal Conference, uh, which I spoke at. In Chad Lewis spoke at as well. Um, they, had a, they brought in a whole bunch of people, Dave Schrader, Jeff Bellinger. Um, there was a whole host of people there. Of course, Linda Godfrey was there. Um, Allison Gerlin was there. It, it was a good time. And so, uh, but yeah, I'd like to do, uh, you know what would be cool, Scott? It would be a Lake Monster Festival or, or a Lake Monster game. Uh, Paracon. You know, you like know, the, only, a convention, the only thing stopping me would
1: be the money getting up there and a place to stay and all that business, you know. Right. That was all picture of that. We I mean, wouldn't have a problem, you know.
2: You know, and and that's something where uh this is kind of like a seed that's been planted in my head, you know, years ago and I, I know people who run paracons and I and I I'm aware of some locations that would be decent or they're cost effective. Yeah. You know, the idea would be uh, if you find a couple sponsors, I could put money into it, so we can fly out people like Scott, Martis. You know. Um,
1: yeah, that's the only shit, thing that would stop me from coming.
2: Yeah, my bad. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, as far as you know, uh, that would be great, and I. So that's something that someday uh, I I would love to see transpire.
1: Well, yeah, I'm game. Uh, Any anything I can do to help. Please
2: let me know. Oh, absolutely. Let me know. Yeah. So yeah,
1: and I, I know me and Jeff
2: have talked about it before. Uh, yeah. Jeff Sten, you know, someone else you should have on your show sometime. Man, does he got some stories about the water? Oh,
1: absolutely. I've I've definitely considered it.
2: Uh, and then like I said, we had uh, Rick Eby. He's a guide that investigates with us. Uh, must well, guide know, and Don too, right? Who?
1: T Crew was.
2: Yeah, yeah, we've had him on the show before, and I've Well, he was at Lake uh, Champlain with conference. me in um,
1: 2013 with us at the Cham Camp.
2: Sweet. Yeah, he ran yeah. the. Uh, he runs a, the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference.
1: Yeah.
2: And, and uh, he read the yeah, book, we've been out there Monster
1: Hunters. Times. I'm in it.
2: Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So there's a lot of people. I mean, I I, like like you said, uh, just finding the right sponsors and finding the right location. It wouldn't take much, though. I think it could be done. So that's something that we'll have to work on. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. I'm looking at the list. We have, uh, of course, Lake Mendota and Lake Mendota. There's two lakes near the state capital, Madison. Lake Uh, Minona, one of the two, uh, is got... It's Madison's lake snake, they call it. Uh, And then Mendota has uh, a lake monster called Bozo. Bozo the lake monster. Um, And Mm. so they got reports with them. Uh, Lake Ripley in Wisconsin. There's actually... uh, it's interesting, some of these, like, I, uh, a couple, a few of these lakes, uh, they have the lake monster, like Lip, the, the, the Ripley Lake monster, for example. Um, and looking for a name for it, nobody's dedicated names to some of these. I, I think it's, probably, it's amazing, actually. You'd figure every lake monster would have a name, and that's not necessarily the case. Uh, let's see, we covered Lake Superior. And we talked about Lake Michigan. Uh, and then, of course, there's Devil's Lake, right? Any time yeah, you hear know of a...
1: You know what's interesting about Devil's Lake? What's That's that? near Sauk City, Wisconsin. And Sauk nice City, Wisconsin... live in Wisconsin, City. Well, anyway, Sauk City is famous for being the headquarters of Arkham House Publishing that published H.P. Lovecraft and made him famous back during the 40s and 1950s. Huh. Small there's world. I lived there for three years. No, I lived there for three years. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of photographs in the slideshow that are claimed to be of the Devil's Lake monster. And there's there's one from 2004 that's alleged to be of too. Uh, right.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, anytime you hear the name Devil's you know, Devil's Lake, Devil's Tower, Devil's Den, Devil's Cave, Devil, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something to it. There's a reason for it. Uh, and, and it usually goes back again to the Native American stuff. Um, yeah. In this case, their legend, they believed the lake was sacred. And their legend uh, was of the green dragon in the lake. They felt that mm-hmm. it was, that was their belief, that there was a green dragon that lived in the middle of the lake. And mm-hmm. so from what I read, they were expected to give sacrifices, and after a while, yeah. they get tired of it, you know. Well, um, and you can see the name.
1: One what? confusing thing about these um, Indian beliefs is that some of the things that they talk about seem to be clear depictions of a large animal that was in the water, and then some of the other things they talk about, they talk about water spirits, which is not an animal per se, but some kind of supernatural, you know, spiritual entity. And, yeah, you know, I believe you that.
2: To,
1: Go ahead. You have to try to distinguish between the two sometimes, you know, and it can be confusing.
2: Yes, I... <clears throat> it's like, well, you got the cryptozoology and then you got the paracryptozoology, which is yeah. just... Uh, you know what you're talking about and you know whether it be the big man the bigfoot, or the dog man or whatever even with lake monsters you're going to have a percentage it's going to be a smaller percentage but there's a percentage of reports that have some kind of unusual quality to it supernatural quality or whatever the yeah. case may be um case in point Loch Ness monster there's a really good one uh mm-hmm. you know, Alistair Crowley was had property on the lake and he was down there trying to summon all kinds of things. You know, mm-hmm. the most evil man in the world. Uh you know, uh, people report strange things. Um like in Lake Monstrosities, there's a lot of yeah. stuff that comes across. People have experiences um that aren't always just the flesh and blood. Now mm-hmm. I think I think uh as far as uh, the supernatural stuff, there's many theories in paracryptozoology, one of be, one of which being ghosts of past animals. You know, the, mm. when people see Nethi, they seem the ghosts of a plesiosaur?
1: I'm not well, suggesting yeah, I'm that not all Nethis are
2: ghosts of plesiosaurs, but for the few percent that have supernatural qualities to them, where it just faded away, or maybe there was weird... Uh, electronic fog or whatever the case is, there's some element to it that is just saying there's more going on here than what you're normally used to seeing.
1: Another confusing thing about the Indian lore too is that there's a lot of Indian lore that gives supernatural powers to real animals that we know about. So you know, that, that adds another layer of mystery to this. Are they talking about a real animal and they have put a supernatural body, uh, layer of lore over the top of a real animal like they have with, with bears and wolves and all this other stuff, you know? We've just, at this point, I don't think anybody really knows.
2: Well, that's interesting, too. We uh, one One of them four guides I was telling you about in our group uh, is Don Young, who is a Iroquois Sh- shaman. He's also uh-huh. a cryptozoologist. And yeah. a paracryptozoologist. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, for sure, uh, you know, they're, like you said, they have different spirit animals, and or mm-hmm. animals have different properties. And for all, yeah. you know, because their belief system and being indigenous and not being conditioned the way like we have been for science. They look at things from a different perspective and I believe are able to come to certain conclusions that are truth that we cannot explain conventionally but yet are truth and do exist. They may some of the like yes, they may give animals some qualities, but there also may be a chance that they have discovered qualities about certain animals through maybe schematic means or some other mean that you can't quantify in a lab but yet mm-hmm. you know it's there it's there you know are you going to ignore it or can you at least look at it and acknowledge it for what it might be i mean because otherwise well, you know this one or the I've, other you're going to ignore a lot. it
1: or, i've read a lot about what some native american authorities within the native american community think about the way they've been treated by the anthropologists that study their culture and they some of them are upset with good reason by some of these academics <coughs> coming to them and acting like they know more about their culture from outside than they actually do i mean what an insult exactly. you know and um, you know that
2: yeah actually uh Don was talking about that. He experienced that in the Bigfoot community, where there yeah. were biologists and anthropologists, not all of them, but some of them, yeah. that refused to even acknowledge the spirituality involved behind the reports. I mean, yeah. it doesn't mean that they need to subscribe to it, but can you at least acknowledge it and respect it, please? I mean, can yeah. you at least show some respect for it?
1: There's a can you do that much? that touches on this very subject that I'm talking about by the late Indian scholar Vine Deloria, Jr. It's called Red Earth, White Lies. I highly recommend that book to everybody. You might not agree with a lot of some of his theories in the book, but he definitely touches on this subject about how the academics view... Of their culture is very different from from how the Indians within the culture view it, and this has caused a lot of problems over the years. Um, right. Yeah. One thing a lot of people don't understand is that the Native American oral tradition even recognizes the concept of extinction. They talk about animals that used to exist that are no longer around, and they say so in their own oral traditions. So the Native Americans were cognizant of the concept of extinction hundreds of years ago. They said, well, these animals are not alive anymore, but they used to exist, which is – Yeah, I think
2: much of – Perfectly understandable.
1: Okay. And, and you know, the academic anthropology community, I guess for a long time, tried to prov- say that, oh, the Indians' view of the world is very naive and childish. They don't understand what they're talking about. Maybe they do understand what they're talking about, and it's just – maybe it's white culture that has distorted – The real Native American view And I say this to my ancestors Were Cherokee so I think I have a right to speak on this Up to a point you know
0: So yeah Anyway that's
1: that's kind of a side Branch there Mm -hmm. but I just want to Get some of that in you know Yeah No that's cool that's definitely cool
2: Yeah And I I think that like you know I, I find That You know, when it comes to academia, there are nothing is perfect. Let's just put it that way. And I I I see examples in academia too, where even that's flawed. And so it's like as solid as we think science is. Even a lot of science is based on theory. So you know, when I when I say theory, like what do you mean? Like well, the Big Bang is a theory. Evolution is a theory. These are theories. I believe in. Uh, Minor evolution, you know, I believe, like, you take two animals, put them on two separate islands, you know, come back 20,000 years later, and they're going to be different. There's going to be different
1: Yeah, because they've gone in two different directions. That's the basic principle how evolution works. But on a larger time scale, I mean, geologic time is so hard for the ordinary person to even wrap their head around. We're talking, you know... I know, million but when years, they
2: suggest that is we're coming from that's, amoebas time like, span
1: time spans, I don't think that, that's time spans that the can human mind up. can't even comprehend really, you know not in a concrete um form you know you can you can understand it in abstract terms but not in concrete terms because you know most people's idea of time is is a human lifespan you know that they can really, really understand, you know.
2: There's no proof that uh, one species can turn into another species. Like, like, uh, and like, a salamander is not going to turn into uh, a capybara. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I just well, don't think that. Well, there is evolution, but to a point. Well, I, but that's just belief system. The thing I mean, you're missing I, I, here, you know, though,
1: is the missing link between the amphibian and the capybara. There's a whole bunch of intermediate steps stretched out over a time span of like you know 20 million years you're just missing the missing links there 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 are well, to me, that's still the unknown problems.
2: because we don't know for yeah. sure we weren't around 20 million years ago you know what i'm saying we the bones so, of what was though you know yeah and we um, also have the opinions of like you said we got we got sci- we got one side of opinion which we are told is solid but, when you consider life as mind, body, and soul, but only uh the physical realm is being addressed and, and other things you know i don't know yeah i i I know what you're saying
1: perhaps at this point in time, we don't understand the physics of the spiritual side of it to be able to to say anything for sure you know the what we
2: did, and it's been suppressed for. Uh, an agenda, let's just say. But that's—I yeah. mean—now I'm going to
1: conspiracy stuff, and this is an aquatic show, so we'll. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm not trying Anyways, to with yeah. you. I'm just trying to tell you my perspective on it, because I try to no, say No, I understand. In what? No, the physical, rooted in reality, Well you know is generally accepted. Not to say that the fringe do. stuff doesn't have any validity. I think it probably does, but you know, it's. One reason it's out on the fringe is that we don't Understand, understand enough about it To really, really be able to Make any hard judgments You know mm-hmm.
2: Yeah my thing is like let's well, look I, at I all think,
1: of it Let's look at all of it Because
2: I think all of I think there are good points of view And, 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 the, and there are Properalities in All these different areas
1: mm-hmm. There are also
2: mistakes in all these different areas
1: And that includes yeah. the
2: spirituality Stuff too so for sure, you know, um,
1: well, I have an interest in all this other French phenomena. It's just that I think in order to do an effective job on the one that I'm the most interested in, you know, I concentrate on it, and you know, I'm not out hunting Bigfoot or any other cryptid. I stick to creatures that live in the water, and I think because of the fact that I've chose to just specialize in the one field is one reason. I've, I've managed to be pseudo successful at it and know so much about it. I'm not spreading myself too thin, you know. But what I'm doing is not There's, for everybody, so you know, I'm not oh, for sure. And we need experts. There, you know. yes. Yeah, we need our experts,
2: you know. Um, mm. And when I call you the king of, the king of plesiosaurs, um, that well, I, I say that. It. <laughs> I, I do because when it comes to aquatic. When it comes to aquatic cryptozoology, you are the top of the list in my book. Yeah. Well, thank you. i appreciate And it's sure because you do. You, you know, you you focus I'll, on your thing and you know your thing well. There's no doubt. That's why we've had you on the show several times. Yep. Because you know I, what you're I'll talking i will be willing to about. come back,
1: you know, at any time. Well, I'm going yeah, we'll to be on Catch uh, May the 19th. Cat that's Hobbs. awesome. You've yeah. got a
2: huge following. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a voice for Fate Magazine Radio.
1: Yep. Well there you go. That could give me some good uh exposure. And um Yeah. Thank you for having me on all the times you've had. I mean we've known each other what god at least five years now.
2: Yeah. Ever since the yeah. you know, we we uh started that group and kind of put our feet into that, yep. that you know, up until that point we hadn't yeah. done that
1: considering social media at all. So well, that's I'm, one of the I, things know. I love. I mean, as far dude, as I can tell, I think I've been on your guys' shows at least four or five times already. Yeah. I think. Yeah, we had like you that. on. At least four. Yeah. Because we, yeah. we did the one live thing from uh, when I was actually in Vermont at the lake back in 2016 right. or 15. And then there was yep, one we, we did with me and Will.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one you did with your so. and Katie. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. there's a couple few you did by yourself. Mhm. So yeah. yeah, yeah. and the in last fact, one was
1: what you two months on the
2: ago? The second episode ever.
1: What's that? Oh really? I was on the second episode ever. Well, that's cool. Okay.
2: Yep. You and uh 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 Jay Cooney or Jay Cooney.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I remember that.
2: I now there's someone I haven't talked to in a while. I hope he's doing well.
1: He's in, he's busy in college. He's he's doing something with beluga whales, so right. hopefully he'll be getting yeah. out in a year or so. So
2: yeah, yeah. will uh, somebody
1: get out of jail? You know? Oh, they'll be back. I know.
0: Right. <laughs> <But. laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Well, you know, there are
2: the the younger generation will be there in the future, for when people like you and me aren't around it. Yeah,
1: we should be glad that we have some young people coming up
2: us well every once in a while i'll you know i'll see uh, a younger individual who you say they're gonna you know that there's our future not my future there's oh, the future of the unknown and unexplained um yeah definitely Yeah, you know, there's a handful out there i can think of and uh for sure that's why in fact james is also the youngest person we've ever had on the show ever
0: yeah he was the
2: only person we had to have parental consent to have on but it was worth it i mean and for you know, at his age, he knows more about aquatic stuff than uh, most people. Yeah,
1: well, I've done my best to mentor people to to the best of my ability that I can, you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and every once in a while, he'll come on the ZPS and say, hey, you know, how are you guys doing? Yeah. Every so often. Well,
1: back in my day, I had some really good mentors. I knew... Uh, Jay Richard Greenwell, who was the secretary of the International Society of Cryptozoology. I spoke to Roy Mackle oh. a couple of times on the telephone, and uh, really, so yeah, I know I knew a few of the old timers from way back to the you know the early days of cryptozoology. So, right, mm-hmm. cool. Well, one thing, very, I wanted to point out is that I showed you the map the other day of what North America, the the Northeast, looked like 11,000 years ago when all the ice started melting. And if you'll remember on that map, all the Great Lakes were all one piece. Probably where you were living would have been underwater. And it was all interconnected, so anything could have come up from the Mississippi River or the Gulf of St. Lawrence and got in and swam as far as Alberta, Canada. So, I mean, it's just, you might as well say the whole middle part of the United States and Canada was an inland sea. And that's how all yeah. these monsters theoretically got into places like the middle of Wisconsin and Lake Champlain and all these other places.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's like, you're, you're talk, for each lake, it's, it's almost like a different, it's on Petri dish, if you think about yeah. it, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. And maybe some of these uh, smaller lakes that have old stories from back in the 1800s and further back, but that you don't get modern reports from, you may have a situation where there was a small population that used to live in these lakes, but that died out because there wasn't enough fish to sustain them. Whereas in places like Lake Superior... And Lake Champlain, there's still enough of a food base to support a population.
2: You know, that's interesting. Um, there's one belief I have. I know uh, Jeff Stens shares it with me. and It's not a popular belief, and that is that, there, you know, uh, we know that it has to do with sharks, and it has to do with the Great Lakes. Um, the Greenland shark can survive so yep. in cold. Uh, Whether it's been seen in, in the St. Lawrence Seaway, we yep. discussed one day: is there a possibility that it could, uh, the Greenland shark could not or could have found its way into either Lake Superior or Lake Michigan, two very deep lakes? Yeah. And if they did, would we ever see them at all? Because they're well, on the jewel. bottom.
1: Yeah, the right. bottom goes like and the we never down. go down
2: there. Well, you can have Greenland sharks. You can literally have sharks in the Great Lakes, and nobody would see them because there's no. We're not going there to, you know, we're not going to the bottom of Lake Superior or Michigan. It's not yeah. like you know we have they have like you know uh, tourism rides where you know come into our submarine and check out the bottom of the lake with us.
1: Well, you know, so I who came knows? across I, <laughs> several apparently documented cases. <clears throat> Of bull sharks in Lake Michigan, and I also came across this really strange report of two people claiming to see narwhals breaking the ice in Lake Michigan. Now, I, I have yet—I didn't have enough time to trace this completely back to its original source, but I am going to continue to look into that. But the uh, the Lake Michigan bull shark stuff seems to be pretty legit. I mean, they found teeth, and uh, they allegedly found one sitting inside of an underwater wreck in the lake. Mm-hmm. So
2: yeah, you never know, and that's why. I'm... Right, and that's why I even bring up the Greenland shark. I wouldn't even suggest that had there not been reports of it found in the Saint Lawrence Seaway. So yeah, um, and I and people say, well, they can only get so far, and they're not going to be this. I'm sorry, but a fish in water is just sneaky as all heck. I'm, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I could, it would only take one or two. Weird stuff happens. My but, buddy, yeah, William
1: McDonald, sure. who believes that these lake monsters are giant eels, he was a guest on the show with me and Julie
0: mm-hmm. a
1: while back. Yeah. And he talks about he actually kept a conger eel, which is a big oceanic eel, in fresh water. And they're not supposed to live in fresh water. But he claims he did, and I believe him, so. You never know. Interesting.
2: Yeah. I'm sorry we didn't get Jenny on. More, she's sitting here,
1: nodding her head sometimes. Or, well, let, but, her, uh, let her talk for a minute. We got about, we got about two minutes left.
2: Let's get Jenny over. Over here. We're bringing, We're dragging you on.
1: I know. I think what interested me about
2: you talk about sharks going up in the waterways. Mm-hmm. The Matawan
1: Man Eater. Oh, yeah, that happened in a creek in New Jersey, Jersey.
2: 1916.
1: Yep, absolutely. That was the inspiration for for Jaws. Yeah, and for a while, people thought it was a
2: great white. Yep. And then it turned out, I can't remember if it was a tiger shark or a bull shark. The bull
1: shark. It was a bull shark. It was a bull shark. Yeah, bull sharks (laughs) have an incredible tolerance of fresh water. Yeah. There was one swim all the way up to Alton, Illinois on the Mississippi. Well, they caught one or two of them in Illinois. Now, think about that. Yeah, that's interesting, too. Yeah. You know. So you uh, guys are just south of the origin of the Mississippi River. It, it, it originates in Minnesota and then flows south to the Gulf.
2: Right. Yeah. We are, uh, we are, to give people an idea where we're at. We're, I think we're pretty much due west of Minneapolis. Does that sound right? Yeah. From the like Twin that. Cities. We are. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. We're four and we're four and a half hours from Minneapolis, and we're four and a half hours from Milwaukee. Yeah. We're two and a half hours from Green Bay, and two and a half hours from Duluth.
1: Hmm. Have you guys ever been up to Canada? I was as a kid.
2: But, uh, yeah, I've been up in an Ontario adult.
1: and Quebec when I was living in Vermont. And I've also been to like Michigan at the Strait of Mackinac. That's the seen you know, time I've they at some... Lake Michigan. Well, they got, you know,
2: their big one is uh, uh, Ogopogo, right? To me, that's like the number three. You got yeah. Nessie, mm-hmm. you got Champ, you got Ogopogo. To me, them are the top yeah. three. I don't know about anyone else. But... Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, but Canada's got tons of lakes.
1: That, oh, absolutely! And tons of lake monsters too.
2: Yeah, that's what. I, yeah, there's stuff up there. I mean, we never go up there. I mean, once in a while yeah. people go out there. But I mean, well, there are areas of Canada that, that, that people, people
1: never. Well, ever Butt to get across the border and back, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well,
2: mm-hmm.
1: guys, I guess we we've run out of time, so. Yeah, we'd love to well, have thank you, you back so if you so much want to be part two. Yeah, we can, either, we can either pick this up on your show or, or you guys can come back on my mm-hmm. show at a later date. You
2: know? We'd love it. Sounds like a plant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, we yeah, appreciate absolutely. it. Yeah. And thank you for having us on. And I'm sorry, I did all. I, I, I apologize. I, I well, just started well, talking. Right. And, got
1: nothing to apologize for.
2: No, well, because. No, great show. I'm apologizing to Jennifer that I. I just start talking. She just waves at me like, no, I'm fine. Just uh, keep talking. Uh, you know? <laughs>
0: okay.
2: <Yeah. laughs>
0: Gives me that, the
2: okay kind of thing. But yeah, uh, thank you for having us on.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having well, us Well, I enjoyed talking. it. I yeah, it. and um, I'm sure everybody else will enjoy it too, so.
2: Everybody go check out Lake, uh, Lake. Monstrosities, please. That's our yep. group yep, page. And, and the show Paraversal Universe and and uh, you can find us at nwiparanormal.com. We're the NWPS, but NW it yep. stands for Northern Wisconsin. It's a, it confuses everybody, I know. The easiest thing yeah. is to <laughs> type in Northern Wisconsin Paranormal Society. You'll find us on Facebook, and yeah. we have two websites, actually. So. All right, guys, I guess
1: that's it. Thanks again. All right. Thanks,
2: everybody, for joining us. Scott, I will see you again on the next episode of The Haunted Sea. This is Julie Wrench from Monster X. Thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you.
1: Radio brings you The Haunted Sea with host Scott Mardis. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.
2: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually.
1: Do I have to say? Yes, you do.